Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. This episode is sponsored by Polymorph Crafts. Visit polymorphcrafts.com to learn about their high-quality, compact, and affordable tabletop accessories. Last time on Dungeon Drunks, our heroes attend the Feast of the Moon Party being held by Olivia Passerac. They solve problems between the musicians and the herald who is supposed to perform, chat with Joster Tealeaf about teaching opportunities, and eat a lot of really good buffet food. As the sun sets and the event comes to a close, we follow Travancore, Bernie, Jonathan, and Carlton as they head out into the evening. And that is where we begin tonight! Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I am your DM, Lauren, also known as Obocrazy, and I have tea and vodka because I am boring. But it's in my giant D&D mug! Yay! Yay! Bernie, what are you drinking? I've got... Okay, so Steven's parents got a Lickbo gift card for Christmas from someone who doesn't know them very Wait, well. Wait, a what? Uh, the LCBO is where you buy liquor and beer and wine in Ottawa. Oh, I don't know what it stands okay. for, but everyone calls it a Lickbo. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and so they were like, yo, we don't drink. <laughs> and they just gave us a $100 gift card to the Lickba. Nice! <laughs> so all of my beer for this is, is like, I'm just like, whatever I want. I think we still have $75 on it. Uh, but I have this, oh my god, it's so beautiful. It's called, this is the best part of this beer. Its name is Profits and Nomads. It's a goes, which is so good, and and it looks like a D&D beer. Wow. That's gorgeous. Yeah. It's got yeah. a tiefling on it. It's got basically a, yeah. a tiefling. I don't know. She's got kind of goat horns. I don't care. She <laughs> looks like she belongs in the world of D&D. She's amazing. The beer is so good. I love, like, sour. I love goes like, sour beer, so I'm just... I'm in a good mood. I had a grilled cheese while we were prepping for this. Everything's happy. Bernie's unhappy in this world, but I'm doing great. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I want both of you to be happy, but it's more important that the real person is happy. So if if I had to choose one, I'm glad you're happy. Yes, we have. Oh, yes, that's me. Carlton, what are you drinking? I'm also very happy because as uh, this recording, uh, yesterday was the Superb Owl where our favorite team, the Eagles, had won. So I was the Fabulous mood. Now I feel bad. I should have asked Travancore first. I feel like you've just trumped his his excitement. But go on. You uh, can't. I think our, think our fa- like fan fanaticism of the Eagles is pretty on par. Okay. <laughs> but I rolled. I still have that six pack of random soda because I'm only drinking these on recording nights. Rolled my D four now because there's only four left. And so tonight is the Boots Beverages Coconut Cream Soda. So this we'll could see how be that good. is. I mean, coconut water is good, so coconut soda. Right, so this should be healthy for me, right? That's how uh, it works, right? Sure, sure. Soda, healthy. Oh, that's uh, interesting. I uh, yeah. Is it interesting good? is never good. No. You say interesting when what you really mean is bad. You could just say well, it. Well, no. All bad. right. So Joe, the green apple soda was bad. This I might be able to get behind. Maybe it builds think, on you. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a huge coconut person either. So oh, you know. Well, Try new now things, we right? Know. Experience life. You know, you get busy living or you get busy dying. 
I get busy drinking coconut stuff. Jonathan, what are you drinking? Hi, this is Jonathan. I play Jonathan the Magimuscular. And tonight I am drinking a Cuba Libre. It is diet cola, uh, clear alcohol of some sort, and some uh, lime juice. And the shot of uh, Fireball to be consumed at the casting of Fireball or the equivalent is going to one of our first Patreons, Joe Hills. Thank you so much, Joe. Thank we you, have yes. recently launched this, and uh, we we are happy to dedicate these to the fans that that make us what we are. So thank you so much, Joe. Can we alter yes. the rule that you have to take a shot for however many dollars he's pledged? <laughs> oh dear oh, God! I would, That's how we killed Jonathan. Yeah. I would be down yeah. for that. No. This is how. No, I no. Okay, actually, no. now that you think it's a good idea, I'm like, no, let's rewind. <laughs> I have a thing for you. I'm vetoing this with my powers as a dungeon master. Nope, you get one. You get one. One per person. What about like per tier? <laughs> nope, nope. If you if you would like to see what tier that you have to pledge to our Patreon in order to get a shot of Fireball, then go to patreon.com slash dungeon drunks and you can see for yourself and have a shot of Fireball dedicated to you. One shot of Fireball because we love Jonathan. We want him to be alive. Finally, last but not least... The man who I was saving for last because, you know, I figured he might want to talk a little bit about the fun of the Super Bowl that happened this last weekend. Travancore, what are you drinking? Good people of Faerun and Pennsylvania and New Jersey and Delaware and the Bleeding Green Nation across the entire world. It seems like the Eagles have been on the road to victory since the Eisenhower administration. Because they have. But now that, <laughs> but now that victory has been achieved, appropriately, I am drinking... Downingtown, Pennsylvania's own Victory Breweries Winter Cheers. Cheers, everyone. Aww, fly Eagles Fly. Cheers. Cheers. Fly. That's what Jonathan should drink his shot of fireball to. I almost did. Hit him low, hit him high. Last time we got together, as I said in my little intro, you guys had finished up with the feast of the moon. It had been an interesting, fun time. It had, the day had started off a little weird, but as the Passerac house closes for the evening, as you say goodnight, to Olivia Passerac as you head out into the darkness, Travancore being followed by the members of the band that he had grown to become friends with with his <laughs> little performance and then promised to bring back to the Golden Rock Tavern. Some of you with fuller bellies than others having gone maybe half a dozen to a dozen times through the buffet. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the voice in your head knows what you're talking about you have the evening free it's not terribly late the basically the dinner happened at sundown and since it is the middle of winter that was like five o'clock so you have the evening free most of you decided you wanted to go back to the tavern uh what what did you want to do drink bernie's a little unhappy yeah, yeah. uh jo jonathan the muscular is like he's feeling a little down because he he felt like he let down Bernie with his little talk earlier about not flinging spells around. But at the same time, he felt like he needed to fling those level three spells around. So he's just kind of in a funk. He's just like, I'm just going to I'm just going to do what you're not supposed to do. And I'm going to drink myself to sleep. And, uh, and he proceeds to attempt that. Jonathan heads back for the Golden Rock Tavern. Uh, what about Travancore? The night proceeds pretty much as uh, as I mentioned. I make friends with the band, and I try and coax the uh, the herald 
to come back with us. And I don't know how successful I am. I guess I have to roll a check on that. But otherwise, regardless of who's there from the party that I invite to this after party kind of thing, um, I'm sort of talking people up, just enjoying life, getting a feel for for Waterdeep. And then as the party reaches its zenith, I kind of excuse myself to go back to my quarters. Yeah, you you are unable to convince the Herald of Faerun to come with you. He does uh, seem flattered by your offer, but as the night comes to a close, you can see that he is... He's fairly tired. It had been a long, semi-stressful day for him. He talks about how he still has to go check in with his uh, organization. So he he begs forgiveness and leaves. But the band is more than happy to to come back. And Gestak at the Golden Rock Tavern is, is happy for the entertainment because he didn't have a bard. And now he's got three of them. Uh, Jonathan, you're able to enjoy that music and kind of enjoy sitting in, in and amongst the patrons and drinking. Carlton, did you want to join them at the bar? Yeah, I'll join them at the bar, start a conversation with the barkeep, get to know him a little better. Like, he's opened up his tavern to us for the past few days. So, you know, just make idle conversation. Yeah, Carlton has a pretty intense conversation about life, the universe, and everything with the, the bartender. Uh, Bernie, as you step outside and your companions are talking about heading back to the Golden Rock Tavern and doing various and sundry bits of drinking, uh, Joster Tealeaf comes trotting up behind you and says, So, where are you off to now? Um, I'm not sure, actually. Ah, do you mind if I walk with you to where you're not sure and we can finish up that conversation we were having? By all means. And uh, she's gonna she's gonna pop on Coco Snoot, because Coco Snoot can walk. Oh no, actually no, she's not gonna be rude. She's gonna walk she's gonna walk Coco Snoot walk next to them. Yeah, and it's nice to kind of have a little bit of a conversation with a being who is about your same height. And uh, as you guys amble off, Joster will say, I just wanted to know when you wanted to start your little tutelage about, you know, the the, the topics we talked about before. Well, I've got a feeling we might find ourselves deep, deep down underground pretty soon. Oh, you're going back under the bloody fist, are you? I'm not sure, to tell you the truth, but apparently we have to pull some things off of the market, so to speak, that got lost Mm. unintentionally, intentionally, I don't know. I can tell you they were unintentionally lost. I, 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 if you and I are talking about the same items, then you be careful. The, I hear that dragon is nothing to be, to be sneezed at. Not that any dragons are, but... I feel like if you get sneezed at by a dragon, you're probably going to be burnt a little bit. Well, we don't know much about this dragon. We don't know exactly what it, what it, what it kind it is. So just, you know, we met take your time. His, we met some of his kobolds, one of his kobolds. There's some drow down there. There's also something else down there. Something like a little not dragony. I guess we're going back in, but I don't know. I kind of want a few days above ground. I mean, I don't mind below ground, but you know. I'm I'm more along the lines of a, a a homey hole in the ground and not a dark, dank hole filled mm. with worms and odds and ends. And drow and kobolds and, and, and kobolds. dragons and evil wizards doing things with zombies. Yeah, I get Portals all that. Portals don't work. I don't know. Um, also, there was this thing. It was like a mummy, but maybe not. It was mm. attached to gold wire. I don't know. I don't, 
I have to ask my god about it. She'll probably know. She might not know. She might not care. Those gods. But yeah, we maybe I can convince them that we need to spend a few days above ground. I think my wizard has to go report to his people and do some wizardy things. He works in the Acropolis that I own now. Mm. That's a good place to to find out a lot of information. If if he can find out something about what's going on down there, then it's probably it's probably reliable. So, you guys come to a cross section where uh, he stops and he says, "Well, let me offer you an address." All right. And he writes down an address on a piece of paper and gives it to you. And he says, "When you're ready, come come by. That's where I." work out of and i'll let the the people there know that you're coming on by and when you're ready to learn a thing or two bring some gold and come alone how much gold Eh, let's let's start with 10 and we'll we'll go from there depending on how many more lessons you're going to need that's fair can i bring my dog yeah I think your dog can keep secrets as well as you can, so... He's not very talkative. Dogs usually are not. That's why, that's why I like them more than people. Anyway, mm. this is my stop. I'll let you off for the evening. And he gives you a little bow, and then a smile and a wink. And he heads off into the night. Okay, Bernie's gonna Bernie's gonna hop on Coco Snood and uh, wander down into the, the, the traditionally gnomish neighborhood of Waterdeep. Sure. As you head off in that direction, um, Travancore, you enjoy for an hour or two the festivities and then you head back up into your room and do you take care of a certain thing that you talked about? I do. All right. And then after that is done, do you stay in your room? Do you go back downstairs? What would you like to do? I think I'm going to go back downstairs because it looks suspicious if I'm away for too long. Okay. As you go to head back downstairs, Shadow, who had entered your room, kind of goes, and he flumps down onto the floor and gives you this pleading, like, hey, hey, Dad, do I really have to go downstairs anymore? Like, he looks tired. Good night, Shadow. And he kind of gets back up and gives your face a lick, and then he (laughs) back down onto the floor. (sighs) Carlton, as Jenga... Or as Travancore comes back downstairs. <laughs> hey, who are you again? As Travancore comes back downstairs, uh, you finish up doing some talk with Gestock at the bar. And do you hand over the gold? Uh, yeah, I Excellent. happily do it. Uh, and then I also uh, I will go outside and check on our horses, which uh, I, we haven't checked on in uh, a day or two. So oh, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> You head on out to the stables and yeah, the the rent for the rooms at the Golden Rock Tavern has covered taking care of those stallions uh, and they they seem to be perfectly yeah, happy. We got to get some FaceTime because then, event, you know, it's it's really unfair to the animal to just be stuck in a kennel all day, essentially. You know, you got to get some FaceTime with them. So, you, know, right. you give them some treats, you give them a little brush, you make them happy. Roll an animal handling check. I would be happy to do so. I... I just need to point out that I'm sudden. I just realized you smell like a wolf. Oh fuck! <laughs> Why'd you point that out before the DM realized it? I just like. <laughs> oh no no no! I totally get that he he kind of. I mean, he doesn't smell like a wolf. He's not a wolf, and he uh, hasn't 22. really hung out with wolves. And he's got a 
puppy on his back. But yeah, yeah, so that's 22. I mean, these are horses of a, a stronger stock. They're not startled quite so easily. You said 22? Yep. Uh, yeah, they're super happy to see, like, they seem incredibly well cared for, the paddocks are, are nice and large, you get the sense that the the people that are employed by the Golden Rock Tavern have taken really good care of these horses, uh, but they're always happy for a couple of apples and some extra pets, and they, they are super happy to nuzzle you and trot around with you, and even at this late hour, they, they seem to enjoy the company. Jonathan... After a couple of hours of enjoying some drinks, you stumble up to your room and thinking that, you know, maybe it's not quite so becoming to completely pass out at the bar. And there's a package waiting for you. A small package slipped under your door. Oh, God. Oh, oh, Bucks, help, Bucks, help. And I'm going to, like, wander in and kind of, like, hit my door but not quite make it. Bucks is going to use some of the momentum to kind of like, boop, cl- to just like click it shut. And I'm going to be like, oh, mm. oh, nope, good. I'm good. Roll a, con- I'm good. Roll a constitution saving oh, throw. Oh, I'm good. Oh, dear. <laughs> yep. Oh, no. Yep. Yeah, that is your punishment. Whatever the fuck this is, just kill you, you. I route And then all over the fucking place. And then Jonathan the Magic Muscular rolls over dead. And, and Bucks goes, see? This is what I told you. You <laughs> turn green. Bucks realizes what's going on, swoops down and grabs the little bundle of what looks like uh, letters, opened letters, but letters, swoops down, manages to grab it by the twine. And fortunately, because it is not a large bundle, he is a small owl. He's able to pick it up and get it out of the way as you Ralph all over the floor. It's like, what? it's exorcist bad. Like this oh, is super wait. Bad. Are you, is this just you being too drunk, or did there's something in the letter? No, no, no. This is he's too drunk. I got oh. super drunk and then rolled a one on my con save. I have done this in How real life. Years? In real How many life, years have I've we done played this together. If you should know by now that if you tell me that you are intoxicated in the game and then pretend to throw up, I'm gonna immediately make you roll a Constitution that's, saving throw. That is, uh, that's just th- what I do. That is fair. <laughs> I, I absolutely understand and endorse that. And the result. The good news is, between Bucks's quick thinking and you not really making it into the room, you don't throw up on the bed, but you do manage to get to the bed and lie down. Um, Bucks plunks the package of opened letters next to your head somewhat maliciously, you think. Like, maybe he did it on purpose because he knows that you are feeling kind of bad and he wants to. And then he lands on your head and starts to give you scratches. Aww. Oh, buddy, you know, I... Do you just pass out or do you want to do anything else? I was about to dismiss you, but no, I know you don't like that. So I'm... uh, And he's gone. Yeah, I'm gone. Bernie, you head on over to the Gnomish Enclave. And despite the late hour, you do find that when you knock on the door of Vanilla Estrada, the gnome that you had met before, the elder of the the Enclave. She is very quick to greet you and bring you on in. And what was it that you wanted to do? I'm, it's, it's late, but you're awake. Can I, can I borrow that little tiny temple you have to bay? 
she is more than happy to lead you down to the the underground floor into that nice open area with the domed ceiling and the the set essentially small temples to a bunch of the different gnomish gods it's a little too big for you to like pack up and take with you but she does let you know that you're more than welcome to stay as long as you need and uh goes to make some tea like she did the last time okay where's my thing it's right here i'm going to cast i think it's augury is this the wheel or woe one i think this is the wheel or woe one yeah it's second level Wheel for good results, woe for bad results. Wheel and woe for both good and bad. Nothing if the results aren't especially good or bad. And I think we decided that I use tea leaves as my divining tool. Yes. So does she bring me back some tea? Oh, yeah. You uh, sit in front of the the shrine, c- clearing your mind, thinking about what you want to ask. She comes back with a, a cup with some some nice green tea in it and also the pot so that if you want to make no- more, sets it to the side and says, stay as long as you need and discreetly backs away. She seems to sense that there's a reason you're here and to let you do what you need. So Bernie is going to sit there and drink her tea and try to like get all the liquor that she's had today like out of her system it's not a lot she's a little gnome i don't know if gnomes have some kind of magic constitution i feel like dwarves do like you know how like usually like your size is correlated to how much you can drink i feel like dwarves have like a special exception i don't think gnomes have that i just think they're very good at pretending to drink more than they actually did i think it's mostly you i think bernie is good at pretending (laughs) things no you didn't didn't overdo it at the party and so you're you're doing okay and so she's going to think about, she's going to try to think about everything that Coco Snoot told her and specifically think about Travancore's cousin and the idea that she is coming to Faerun. Okay. And she is trying to think about what that means. Like, she knows it's not good for Travancore, but an assassin can come from one kingdom to another and kill a person. She knows this. She knows it happens all the time without causing great upheaval or killing unnecessary people. But Bernie is concerned with collateral damage at this point. Okay. And she wants to know the outlook for people here if more of his family come looking for him specifically this cousin that we know we're on this path already all right so what's your specific question because i think you have to ask a specific oh i have to ask a specific question yes yeah because yeah, it has to be one in where the answer is it, you have to ask a question you're supposed to ask a question that's supposed to this will result in a good outcome or this will result in a bad outcome so you have to like give a presentation essentially what are you what are you asking if it will be a good outcome or a bad outcome hmm that's a very good question what does lcbo stand for my guess <laughs> liquor control board <laughs> liquor control bureau, 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 bureau. yeah yeah like uh, second level spell good <laughs> outcome <laughs> hey hey goddess what does this mean lickbo uh-huh. mean um i guess Bernie wants to know what would happen if they just try to handle this kind of quote unquote internally. What ha- 
And what happens if the Heralds of Greenness know that this cousin is coming and we choose not to sound the alarm? Okay. Go ahead and you cast your spell. I think you you just, yeah. But I would like you to roll a religion check. Oh my god. How religion-y am I? Pretty religion-y. You're pretty religion-y. Yeah. And yet, and yet, religion, religion, religion. Okay, we have some pluses to religion. We're, that's a four. Oh! Yeep. No one's rolling well tonight. It's a natural one. Wow. Yeah. Okay. You cast the spell, you throw to your goddess the question of if the heralds of Greenest don't sound the alarm and handle this internally, how will this turn out? And very quickly, you get a response back, wheel. Can I, I, I mean, I'm going to bed after this. I might burn another one. Okay. If you've got another spell slot. And if we do, like, basically asking the opposite if we do let people know like basically the opposite if we choose not to handle this internally and we choose to let certain people know that this woman is coming what could happen you spend the spell slot mm-hmm. okay roll another religion check for me see if this works out a little better so. that's a five i rolled a two it worked out a little better it is literally a little bit. I feel like I feel like it's when you throw the the rupees into the pond, and they're like, "Today you will have a little luck." All right, you throw back to your goddess the question of if we let others handle this, what will be the outcome? And once again, you get a very quick response. The last couple times that you've done this, there's been a moment or two, but in both these cases, you immediately get back. Wheel and woe. So wait, hold on. The first one is just wheel, and this one is woe or wheel both. and woe? You you get both answers. So the first one was, if we handle this internally, you got the positive response. Uh, this time you said, if we let other people know, you got some positive, some negative, as far as the outcome. And nothing, nothing else, obviously, because I didn't roll high enough. That's all that you get from the spell? Okay, Bernie's going to finish her tea and go upstairs and see if the nice lady, whose name I cannot remember, is still awake. Vanilla. She is. She is sitting uh, actually on a stool in the the section. If you remember, this uh, building is a big domed circular building, kind of an open floor plan. And you had gone through a trapdoor into the floor to this lower section. And she's sitting kind of in what you would imagine is the kitchen-ish area. She's sitting on a stool, idly flipping through a book. She looks up as you and Coco Stute climb the stairs again. And she says, did you get what you needed? I'm not sure, actually. Yeah, talking with the deities is... uh, confusing and frustrating sometimes they they are removed for reasons and it's sometimes hard to get a clear answer from them the fact that you get any answer at all is is testament to how much your goddess loves you yeah i feel like she was just kind of busy painting her nails on this one or maybe she she trusts you and you didn't need any more information well if we're being honest i I personally could do with a lot more information. Hmm. 
Yeah, it can feel that way sometimes, especially when confronted with the idea that the gods know everything, but they they don't know the future. No. They they think they know, and they can see further than we can, but they don't make your fate you do. That's very true. Can I ask you a question? Always. What's your temple like? Like, who's in charge? I'm as in charge as anyone here. I'm the the eldest here. I personally, I am the high priestess for Jarl Glittergold, but because I am in charge of these, this community, we, as you've seen, we try to keep uh, something for all of the gnomish, gnomish deities. How'd you get put in charge? I chose this life. Well, I, yes, I chose I mean- to be. <laughs> <laughs> I chose to be a, a priestess of Lord Glittergold, but how I ended up in charge of this community is, well, I'm older than I look. And and you know that in most normal gnomish communities, elders are respected. And the older you are, the wiser you are assumed to be. And so usually, unless there is some other reason... The elders in the community are the ones that are in charge. Yeah, okay. It was different at the Temple of Bay, to put it mildly. How much of a moral obligation do you think you have to a group of people that you've never seen before? It depends on what what the choices are. I'm not sure if I understand the question. Not quite sure either to tell you the truth. My only moral obligation is to what I believe is right and what I believe is best for me and my friends and family and the, the greater community and world as a whole. And while many of the the gnomish gods are more oblique in their answers to how to go about doing that and are are happy to see the more impish ways come across. They're they are good gods. They want people to be happy and healthy, and I would hope that any decisions I made would be in line with that. Do you think a people can be conquered for their own good? That is not a question that's a yes or a no without more information. I think a wise ruler can make excellent decisions, and a poor one can cause many issues. I think conquering is bad, but converting is good. Converting sometimes <laughs> uh, involves generally consent. Conquering doesn't. Hmm. And... I mean, if a conquered people don't want to be conquered, I don't super feel like it's my place to keep them there. I'm not sure I would necessarily agree with their choices or their choice of leader, but I don't know. I Somebody said something recently to me that kind of made me wonder if my moral compass just doesn't point where I think it should point. Like. I don't know. The world is not a compass, though. It does not point in just 
a direction. It is, it is a spectrum. It is a, a rainbow. It is a moment in time in where we make our decisions based on what we see and know in front of us. Sometimes we make the best decisions and everything turns out okay. Sometimes we make the best decisions and things still fall apart. But there's never one answer. It is... I'm not a paladin. I do not blindly follow a, an edict. And I don't believe that we can decide before we know what we are doing, what to do. I was just thinking about the long history of forcibly liberating a people for their own good. It has never really turned out well, you know? Mm, politics rarely does. Why do you think I'm not a paladin? Yeah, they're... They're something else, let me tell you what. Um, I'm sure it's a life to live for someone. If you knew somebody was coming here... And they could bring an entire war on this place. But they could maybe not bring an entire war on this place. And maybe you could just kill them and that would stop it. What would you do? I think the first thing I would need to know is, are they just coming or are they bringing a war? I can do something about one person. I can't do something about an army. Yeah, I think it's the latter. I think it's just them. Former. It's the former. Former, that's the grammatical. Bernie's a little drunk. I don't think I have all the information. I'm not incredibly happy about the fact that I don't have all the information. I'm really not happy about the fact that I recently got this information on the eve of getting some worse information. That's good, though. If you were content to make a decision when you did not have all the information, you would make a bad decision. The fact that you know you need more information is heartening. There are many who make decisions blindly because they feel like they must immediately. That's true. Look, here's my promise to you. If I think some shit's gonna go down, like, intensely go down, aside from us just maybe lopping the head off of this one lady and letting someone else deal with the fallout, which... We don't really do, but we sort of do. I'll let you know. And here is my promise to you. If you feel that you've made the right decision, I will not question that decision that you've made. If your goddess trusts you... Well, it is not for me to decide. It is... You are a chosen of Bay, And if she wishes you... If she wished you would make different decisions, she would not give you the power to make those decisions. Yeah, I guess that's a thing. Or she's playing a really interesting game of dice. But I'm gonna go, it's past your bedtime, probably my bedtime for sure. I may have someone I have to kill, so I don't know. Actually, that one's not really that uncommon now that I think about it. Fate changers are often tasked with being... The paladins, sometimes. Go find the answers that you seek, and if you need to come back, my door is always open. Bernie's gonna go, ugh, never a paladin. And she's gonna walk (laughs) out the door. (laughs) You're gonna head back to the Golden Rock Tavern, I assume? Okay. Are you gonna do anything else, or are you heading to bed? She's gonna head to bed. She's got a 
early start tomorrow, late start, I don't know, middle start. Is there anything else anyone would like to do this evening before the night comes to a close? Uh, go to bed. It is the next morning. All of you come to consciousness after getting a long rest. Some of you uh, with your room smelling a little more of puke than others, but... Um, now it's stale puke, y'all. Oh, it's the worst. It's crunchy. It's, it's... Wait, is it cold outside? Oh, it's freezing. It's, it's the winter. So it's like, this is a situation where overnight, because there's not fireplaces in our rooms, this is the situation I've seen happen before after New Year's Eve, the day after, like New Year's Day, Steve and I are walking around and we saw frozen puke on the sidewalk in Ottawa. It's not quite that cold, <laughs> the Golden Rock Tavern. You guys, it's it's usually a gold a night to stay in this place. You've chosen a nice place to stay that keeps the upper floors relatively warm. That doesn't necessarily help the smell. And so, Jonathan, when you come to consciousness, ooh, it's you're used to waking up to the smell of bacon and not the smell of bacon you've puked up from the night before. Oh, God. You all wake up having gotten a long rest. Some of you feeling a little bit better than others. And uh, Jonathan Bucks is very quick once you are awake to land on your head and give you scritches. Uh, but you do notice there's still a package in front of your nose. Ugh, why the fuck didn't I take uh, prestitution? Ugh, all right. <laughs> I may I change a glass of water. <laughs> Could be hot puke. Think about it that way. It could be hot, festering puke in Cholt. I'm not a cruel DM. I'm just, I'm just sometimes nasty. Jonathan is going to look at the package and he's going to kind of undo the note. Time to spill the tea, as it were. Tea. I know it's very early. The fuck is tea? Trap, trap. What? Why the? F oh, oh. And he starts reading the letters. Okay. Uh, the rest of you, come on downstairs. Travancore, how many letters were there? Uh, I want to say there were three... Ex well, let's see. There's three letters that are chapters of the story, and then there's another three that are respective correspondence between people. So I would say six total. Okay. But so not a, not a ton, especially for Jonathan, who is a uh, intelligent, if not hungover wizard, and can get through them pretty fast. So the three of you head on downstairs in the morning, and you can see Gestock is cleaning up from the night before and is getting breakfast ready for you. And what would you guys like to do as you wait for Jonathan to arrive? Um, I'm going to order some breakfast. I feel like, you know, a thing is about to go down. Like, if I were me, I'd save my progress. But I'm Travancore, <laughs> so I'm just going to enjoy this hearty breakfast before something hits the fan. Okay. The feeding shadow you, along like, the way. Are you, last meal? <laughs> let's, let's find out. Jonathan, when you are ready to come downstairs, I don't know how much you managed to read before the game. Uh, but... I actually just found a little piece of email that, uh, that I hadn't read yet, and I feel like it's important. Uh, I had read the okay. rest of it while we were doing other stuff. So uh, Jonathan is conspicuously not down for breakfast yet. Okay. Carlton will order himself some, some bacon and eggs and then a second serving of bacon and eggs, as he always does. I feel like at this point, the Golden Rock knows to, when I order the first plate, to have the second plate start cooking. Pretty much. Yeah, they're, they're on top of everything. And Blue is right there in his basket, whining away. Oh, he's getting bacon. Don't worry. 
Yeah, Shadow and Coco Snoot are doing a much better job being adults about the whole thing, but you've got a puppy, and the puppy is constantly like... <laughs> Bernie is staring Blue in the eye and feeding Coco Snoot pieces of bacon from the table. Ooh, spike feeding! she's in one of He's those. getting bacon, don't worry. I'm just waiting for my plate to arrive. He's waiting for plate. Bernie got her ass, and Bernie's first project was to get her ass some bacon and to stare at this dog while she feeds her dog. Because she's feeling spiteful this morning. <laughs> Coco Snoot does not seem to care about Blue or about Shadow. Uh, he's got his eyes locked on whatever morsel you are about to feed him. Blue, on the other hand, is is begging whoever comes near. So mostly from Carlton, but yeah, Travancore. If you if you even glance his way, if Bernie, if you even glance over at Blue, he's immediately, you know, the largest puppy dog eyes and tongue hanging out. <laughs> what what kind of saving throw would I have to roll to see if I can resist his charms? Wisdom. You don't have to roll a saving throw. You can and you resist roll. his charms. I'm a rolling a grump roll. I'm I a feel grump like today. Any any other day. Travancore would probably, like, succumb to this, but I think he feels like he needs every calorie, so he's just gonna look at his own plate and quietly continue with his breakfast. Maybe he slipped up in the shadow, and that's about it. Shadow is happy for every single morsel that you can offer him. How you doing, Jonathan? Uh, I think I'm good. I think the- All right. Yeah. So after a, a long amount of time, Jonathan the Magimuscular descends the stairs- uh, there are booths in this bar, right? Uh, yeah, like half booths. You guys have been, in the mornings, you've been kind of taking over one of the booths nearest the fire with a little bit more privacy. This place, while it's a fairly popular inn, the morning rush seems to be fairly light. So usually you guys are the only people in the morning. And right now, uh, there's only like one or two people over at the bar Travancore, Bernie, and Carlton and their respective animal fellows have all taken their normal booth and are kind of sitting awkwardly eating, like not really much conversation. All right. As uh, as he walks over to uh, to the table where where Bernie and Carlton and Travancore and everyone is are sitting, uh, Jonathan the Magimuscular is going to go up to st- he's going to stand behind Travancore and he's going to say, Travancore. Yeah, but a word, please. Yeah, sure. And, I and walk over. we we go over to a booth. All right, you guys kind of go to the opposite end of the the room. So you got that thing I sent you, Jonathan the Badge Muscular is just going to look at Travancore for a bit. He's just going to kind of look him over. He's going to extend his hand, and he's going to say, "My name is Jonathan Shipwright. It's nice to meet you." Wow. I obviously shake his hand in the Travancore style, grasping the forearms, because that's the best kind of handshake ever. I don't know why we touch hands now. That's a jack issue that'd be mitigated and litigated another time. And I and I, I respond to him, I say, Jonathan, I meant to share this with the entire group. I gave the letters to you because I know with your keen mind that you'd remember anything you read for at least a month. Oh, I'll probably remember that for some time. I confess that... Uh... That I had notions um, that I had I had even thought that uh, today I might have to prepare to kill you and Shadow um, after we found out some things from our other animals. Uh, I'm relieved that it doesn't look like that's going to have to be the case ever. Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe. 
So, yeah, there there it is. All the cards. I was planning on Batman being all of you, if if necessary. But I do, I mean I think the only one that I have to keep those plans around are for the big one, because he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> Travancore kind of kind of gives a little bit of a laugh, and he says, "Yeah." You, you read the letters. You know what my ancestor said. On a long enough timeline, the only worthwhile currency is trust. So I'm ready to regain that at the party if you, if you're ready. Yeah, I think this. I think this context will help everyone. It'll keep. It'll keep certain things right where they need to be, and I think it'll allay a lot of fears. I think that uh, we still have some things to worry about, but not me- nearly as many as we had thought. Especially since, uh, well, especially since it, I just wish you would, uh, I wish you would share the benevolence of what you're trying to do here. Like, at at very least that. But I understand why you keep, kept it to yourself. We obviously all keep some things to ourselves. But you, you showed me some cards. And, uh, and I showed you some from me as well. So there we go. I, house shipwright. We're from Care Calendar, minor house. I mean, nothing, nothing to be, nothing to write home about. Although, if you've if you've seen any uh, sailing ships on the Sword Coast, you have my dad to thank for that, and my mom. You have both of them to thank for that. They they revolutionized things. Um, they they made ships better, like not like full stop, like ships did not function the way they did before my mom and dad fixed them, essentially. Uh, And I'm not ashamed. I just kind of wanted to go out and like forge my own name, a name I gave myself. And I I wish I could have integrated my house with it because I am proud of them. Uh, But but this is how it is. So I keep house shipwright to myself until until I'm ready to, to... get it out but yeah i think i think everyone else knowing your deal will will help out a lot i didn't want i wanted to leave you to tell them i didn't want to just tell them myself i i appreciate that and let me say that me sharing my secrets under no circumstances should make you feel like you have to disclose yours to the group mine is my own i'm doing this because as you can see the situation is deteriorating and and we need a plan of action and in order to have any chance of success, we all need to be on each other's page. I don't suppose you know what your cousin can do. I barely even remembered her name. It was in one of the letters. We barely talk about her. Um, what I know is what you know. I know what her father was, and you know what her father was, too. Um, as you can tell, we'd, we weren't exchanging letters, although it would seem... Come to think of it, the only reason you're able to read the letters is because... I've already done the treatment. I don't know if I explained this to, to anybody yet, but the way I kept the secrets hidden was I wrote the letters in a certain kind of ink that can only be revealed if you squeeze apple juice on it. Jonathan the Magic Muscular like, <laughs> breathes into this nose. He's like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> and Jonathan, you realize that if you weren't so hungover, you might have recognized that smell. It's It's like, the letters smell of apple juice. Nah, he now vomited he out his nose it. last night. That kills smells for at least three days. <laughs> I, I developed the technique shortly after I 
first had my first apples and greenest. I thought to myself, how do we keep this hidden? And the idea of using fruits to reveal secret correspondence is one that's been in my family for some time. So the only people who would know how to do this are our members of our royal family. Well, um, looks like you're you're not going to sow the seed of discontent or discord. I, I damn it! I fucked that up. Fuck that up. Ah, I'm so fucking hungover. Ah. Uh, I uh, I put my hand on his shoulder and I say, A for effort, buddy. A for effort. <laughs> A is the first letter in common, right? It's not Aleph or anything like that. Uh, uh yes. Yeah. Okay. A is the first letter the common in common. Is English, okay. I think. Just make. Well, no. I'm just. I'm asking his Travancore. Yeah, he's having his Belky moment. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> the bibby in the babka is not going to go boo. <laughs> All right, should we should we head over and spill some tea? Yeah, um, I'm. I need food, though. I yeah, read all yeah. of this shit. <laughs> all right. While they're having that conversation, I'm eating, and I turn to Bernie. I'm like, "So, what do you think they're talking about?" I don't. Lord, if I you think they're ordering us more food. Oh, sweetie, only you can do that for yourself this morning. As the two of you walk back on over, you can see that Gestock is very good about bringing a, a plate of breakfast over for Jonathan now that he has arrived. And having having talked enough for this morning, I start eating like a goblin. Okay. So I uh, I take the letters from uh, from Jonathan and and I put them on the desk uh, or the table, and I say, I said this to Jonathan before, but uh, my. One of my ancestors, the one who actually founded the kingdom, has a saying. On a long enough timeline, the only worthwhile currency is trust. I'm hoping to, to restore. I know you must have questions about what I revealed a few days ago. And I'm hoping that this letters can, can answer that those questions. Everything's in common. If you have any questions about what you see on the page, feel free to, to ask. I mean, if currency is trust, then I'm fucking rich because I trust all y'all. Oh, sweetie. No, that means we're rich, but we'll talk oh. about that later. <laughs> we want to thank Polymorph Crafts for sponsoring this episode. Polymorph Crafts offers stylish and affordable ways to carry everything you need to game day and stay organized at the table. Their mimic chests start life as a compact wood chest that converts into a dice tower and tray, dice and pen vaults, card stands, a coaster, and plenty of room to carry minis and more. Over 230 tiny magnets in each mimic chest make assembly a breeze and come in three affordable price points with lots of customizable options. So check out polymorphcrafts.com and follow them on Twitter and Instagram at polymorphcrafts. That's polymorphcrafts.com. The wonderful folks behind Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms has given us a code for a free gold chest in their game. What's Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms? Well, it's an officially licensed D&D idle clicker game that you can download and play on your PC via Steam. I've been playing it for a while now, and trust me, it's loads of fun. I usually have it running while I'm editing the audio for our episode. So I'm really excited that we have this offer for our listeners. Gold chests contain five cards from uncommon to rare rarity and give you buffs and sometimes equipment for your champions. Now, this code expires on March 4th, 2018 at 9 p.m. Pacific, so you only have a week to redeem once this episode is posted. Open up your game, go to the shop, and type in this code. M-A-A-R-G-R-A-B-C-R-A-N-D-O-W-2-1. 
D. So use that code and then let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops. Back to the show. Okay, so Travancore and Jonathan return from the table. They've laid down these letters for Bernie and Carlton and given them a little bit of time to read over everything. And minutes, several minutes later after they've read through the letters, you guys have had a chance to to sit and wait for them to do that. What what did you guys want to say? Um, Bernie's gonna, she's gonna have like picked up her fork and put down her fork and picked up her fork in the like, like kind of the mindless little gestures that you do while you're, you know, have you ever tried to study while you've eaten when you're not really like paying attention to the eating, you're paying attention to the studying and she's like taking a sip of her tea and she's trying to prepare herself because like, I think in her mind, this is not something that has alleviated any of her fears. Jonathan the Magimuscular is kind of like, uh, if you if you feel the table, you can feel it kind of shaking because very much like at the moment, his leg is like, you know, kind of bouncing up and down. And he's like, sh- his eyes are shifting between Bernie and uh, Travancore. Bernie's, Bernie's going to look at Jonathan and she's going to say... Are are you are you okay with this? Um, sort of. Uh, there are there are things that I I felt like we needed to talk about here among everybody. There are things that I've said to Travancore. Uh, that uh, I mean, I kind of assured him that I wasn't going to blast him at least at this point. But we do have some things to kind of sort out between everyone. Uh, I and I. If I, I mean, I looked at these, and I'm pretty fucking hung o- hungover right now. So, well, yes. um, yeah. Um, so this says this hasn't happened. Well, a hangover. Bernie's gonna like. Can she cast a thing to fix the hangover? <laughs> Do I have that kind of power? Lesser restoration. Yeah, I mean, lesser restoration gets rid of poison, and I would call being hungover a kind. It's alcohol. It poison. is literally it's intoxication. It literally is. I read an entire yeah. book about this. It's very good. Highly recommend everybody read the Poisoner's Handbook. Book Bernie would read. Um, Bernie's <laughs> gonna lick her finger, and she's gonna just rub like just <laughs> down his forehead, <laughs> and you're and you're gonna just feel like your hangover is better. Yeah, you instantly feel better. I gotta learn that spell. Do, wait, do you you pray for that one, right? Oh, sweetie, you pray for everything in my in my domain. Uh, I'm gonna mm. I'm gonna have to figure that one out. But I'll yeah, talk Ooh, to her. Ah, I feel better. I need you firing on uh, on all cylinders, as it were, for this one, friend. This is serious. Verily, you you, you lied to us, Travancore. These aren't little lies. These are these are big, dangerous lies. Everyone is in danger from your family. And not just the cousin who is coming to kill you. Everyone in this land apparently is in danger from your family. Because even if we leave, you will come to find us. Because it is not enough. It is... N- not enough for you that we would choose not to be a part of Bracanum? Why are you 
I understand that monarchies exist to perpetuate themselves. Let me tell you what. (laughs) I know that. Uh, We're full of them. Why do you need to conquer a people who don't want to be conquered? Why do you need refugees who ran away from you, who left their homeland when you took over it? Why do you need, why do you so badly need them to be conquered? What? I don't understand. I don't, Travancore, I don't, I don't understand. I, there is so much of this that I don't understand. You don't, you don't seem like this person, this person, this, this legacy doesn't seem like you. So either this legacy is you or you are you. I can't, I can't reconcile the two. There's, there's no clean answer. It's all me. I am where I come from, and I am what I do. As far as the Alcarans go, we did not come here to pursue them. We didn't even know they were here. We didn't mean to reconquer them. We had a war with them. They fought war with us for decades. A lot of our people died, a lot of their people died. Once we conquered them, we thought it was over. But apparently they're they're out for revenge. Would you not be, too? I mean, what I'm reading, what your history says, is that Alcara was a place where refugees went. Well, Refugees of previous conquests, and you all decided... You decided that you needed to bring them back into the fold? What if... I mean... I hate to say this, but when you conquer people, you make your own enemies. You sow the seeds of your own destruction. Do you not think you were reaping what you sowed when these separatists decided that they were angry and upset? Travancore thinks on this for a while. Doesn't have a a quick answer. And he thinks about his history. and He thinks about all the things that happened that he knows about from the letters. And he says, every choice is about survival, ultimately. Sometimes you make bad choices in the name of survival. Everything at the root of what we've done was to keep from, to make sure we live another day. For all of the pomp and glory, you may notice I affect a voice sometimes when I'm speaking as a noble, and I speak differently when I'm around you guys. And the reason for that is because the the performance element of that nobility, there's a power that comes with it. There is a security that comes with it. With you guys, I don't have to do that. Because in the short time we've known each other, I think we've bonded, which is why I've shared these letters with you in the first place. My ancestors came here with next to nothing. They, they put out the air of power and confidence and charm. But really, they came here as refugees too. Hungry, scared, from a ruined place. If not for the elves of Perconum, the humans certainly would have perished. So, a kingdom came. And they flourished, and for a time, things were good. But we became our own worst enemy. We fought each other, and a deal was brokered, with forces we did not understand or appreciate. And in the name of survival, we made a bad choice. And everything that we've become, and everything that we are, comes from that bad choice. We have outward prosperity, but inward insecurity and madness. That's why I'm here. Ultimately, attitudes change over time. I don't know that conquest has always been a part of every world, not just our kingdom, but other kingdoms that we've studied and researched. Not saying it's right or wrong, but when you grow up with it, it becomes a part of who you are. And it doesn't become real until 
you see the faces of the people that you affect, which is why I'm taking it off the table. Ultimately, I got sidetracked because of history, because I'm moving through the gears of things. And if it's causing weapon, if weapons are loose here already, if the Alcarans are here ready to take this place for themselves, that can't happen. So I understand your anger. I appreciate it. And if you don't forgive me, that's, that's completely fair. This is a betrayal. But as you can see, my people have been lying to our people for a long time. We are accomplished liars. It's, we have a skill. It's not a skill I'm proud of, but it's there. And I'm, all I care about is making things right. If you decide that I need to go to justice, to the City Watch, to the, the Order of Nights, after this business is over, I will submit to whatever justice this group deems necessary. I don't know that I'm ever going to understand how reaching out in aggression is an act of survival. The world is nasty, brutish, and short. One of the lost voices. <laughs> I, I don't remember much from Logan. But that's one of the things that, that stuck with me. Survival is sometimes... You all have heard me say in a he, him or me situation, it's going to be me. I guess I just cannot believe that you conquered all those people in your own defense. And I do not believe that simply because something is done, it is right. Um, at this point, Jonathan the Match Muscular is going to kind of see how how Bernie is kind of pained. And he's going to kind of like kind of put his hand on her sh on her shoulder just to kind of console just for a second and then he's gonna look at Travancore he's take his hand off and say I can't fully speak for what Bernie's feeling right now obviously but I get the feeling that if we knew a few if you we knew a few things about how things are working now it wouldn't assuade everything but it would help and to that end, we're not going to be conquered. Not by the occurrence, not by the economies, by no one. We're going to stop these occurrence, and then we're going to we're going to continue. If that if that means that you adventure with us, if that means that the Viceroy of Glenmar continues to ride with the heralds, that's fine. But, and not that's not to say that we would never accept uh, any other preconomies here, but I think it would go a long way to know that, to know for sure that the Viceroy of Glenmar is a title that's never going to come into fruition. It's off the table. I showed you these letters for a reason. If I, you guys know everything, all of our state secrets, the ones that could destroy my country, then I don't see how conquest is possible or viable or desirable. I think that 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 last one, that's what we need. And and uh, and Jonathan the Magic Muscular is going to kind of like get low to the table and he's going to look at Travancore and he's going to be like, that's what we need, man. To know that it's not desirable, that even though... I I've done some bad shit in my time, right? But somewhere that is quickly becoming more apparent, that is becoming a lot less desirable. We saw we saw that in the caves not too long ago, and it's it continues to be my wish to not do harm if we if we don't have to. 
And that's, that's what I need from you. And I feel like I've gotten that to know that, to know that for you, this is not what you want. I feel like I have a good, good indication of what you want now, but there's still work to be done clearly. And he, and he's going to look at Bernie real quick and he's, then he's going to kind of sit back in his chair and you feel the table start bumping again. I believe you. I believe that you don't want to conquer us. I don't believe your father feels the same way. Your your father told you not to trust me. Your father told you to lie to me because he thought he couldn't bring me in to his fold. Your father thinks that simply because Carlton is large and strong and filled with rage on occasion that he could be manipulated to fight for him. He's not the most socially apt, but he's not a fucking fool. So I am doing you a great benefit of the doubt by not making you, by not compelling you to tell me the full truth today. Cause I could, cause I could, but do you think, do you, I know you don't want to kill your father. I don't want you to have to kill your father, Travancore. I would not wish that on anyone because I think you love him and I think he loves you very much. But what happens when this is something that is off the table for you, but not off the table for him? I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to take this to everyone in Faerun. I think it will cause mass panic and I think it will cause a war that our world will never recover from. And I really don't want to see that. How, how can you make promises for a country you can't lead? That you may never lead. Travancore thinks on this, because there is no quick answer to Bernie's question. Faerun is my responsibility. Any threat to Faerun, wherever it may be, has to go through me. And even if that threat is your father? My father did what had to be done. What we called Maniunk. The Maniunk incident, as you know, he was the younger brother. He idolized his brother, my uncle. Everything he knows about being a man. But in the name of his duty, he killed his brother because that would need to be done. I am responsible for this place. And as much as I love my father, and he has a very deep and abiding love for me, he is wrong. And either he will see the reason, or I will do my duty towards my charge. I don't claim ownership over Faerun, except in so far as I am responsible here. I cannot lead here, I cannot dominate, but I can protect, and I aim to. Given the choice between you and him, if he does not back down, if he does not relent, he will face the full fury. And at this moment he pauses because he's about to say the Viceroy of Glenmar, but he realizes what a tainted, problematic like title it is. It, it, it dawns on him after years of calling himself that and doing that and being that, that that might be offensive to the people it's subjected to. It never processed his mind that this was really something that was... You get Everyone, I don't know if I can say what people get, like, Travancore gets it. And he responds... Travancore got woke. <laughs> yeah, Travancore got woke. That's Travancore <laughs> also created some imagery that was, he attack, but he also protect. Yeah. And then, and I'm just waiting that's, for. I started and then laughing he, not at you, but that's all I could think of in that moment. All we need is that he need a snack. 
Yeah. <laughs> but but Travancore says our our entire civilization was built on a lie. If if a little truth is the disinfectant needed to bring us to a better day, both here and there. The the mandate sometimes takes you in surprising directions. And if this is what it is for us, if if he can be cured, if he can be swayed from his madness, then then great. But I just as he met his responsibility, I will meet mine. If I can interject for a second. Sure. Travancore, you would know that uh, not just as long as you are here on this on this quest of yours, but also as long as you're here, your father wouldn't intervene, except if he found out that there was this Elkarin threat, and you would not have to worry about him coming unless there was something that extreme. So you have every reason to believe that if your cousin was no longer a threat to Faerun, that that would also put to rest any threat of your father taking any action here before you became the ruler, whether or not you cured the madness. That's It would be odd for him to intervene on your mission, yeah. on your pilgrimage, except in this weird case. So if that if that helps that backstory a little bit it does it does and Travancore thinks to a word in his common word of the day calendar that he had to use before he came over and he thinks to the word obviate it's one of my favorite words actually you make it not a problem and i think we come after everyone it's the only solution i think of and we half elves of a long time if i spend 20 30 years 40 years here it's not going to be that much of an issue unless I hear back from home that the madness has taken my father, in which case my responsibility becomes clear to take his place. I understand what your family thinks of democracy. I have my own small but limited experience with the system. Well, not that limited. But did it never occur to you that the willingness to to buy power at any cost would make you unfit to rule? That this madness would make your family unfit to rule? That you would make your entire kingdom unsafe with it? Did it never occur to anyone that you put your entire people in danger with each new ruler you put on the throne? Again, that's why the mandate existed. And so far, it has proven effective in at least curtailing the madness. But again, whatever Prakanum becomes... If if that's if the line ends with me, the line ends with me. Like I can't make a decision like that on my on my own. That affects millions of people. And if there is going to be any kind of transition to other systems, whether the bureaucrats run things, whether it's a series of nobles, whatever it's going to be, I want to be part of that. But it has to rise organically and it has to happen gradually. Because if it happens all at once, my my place is just as doomed. If you if the plant cure. It really can't involve the weird druid. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. He's nice, but I. It would be emotionally overwhelming to, to a point of dysfunction if you took that poor man away from his, his, his dirt shed. If you cure the madness, do you keep the power? I have no idea. Jonathan the Magimuscular raises an eyebrow because that's something he hadn't considered. The kingdom is more or less hereditary, so the title would be there. 
as far as the ability, the capacity to rule, it's on it's on charter waters. I I have no idea. What? That is actually hold on, out of character. I was that was the other thing. That was the thing. What actually like? What power actually did you all get? Uh, I don't know. I have a game way, a mechanic, a way of playing it. It's just addressed as power. Um, there's no abil- specific ability that comes with it. It's it's vague by design. If Lauren thought of something cool, oh, Lauren's raising her hand. Lauren's good. We got to answer because I was like, I was gonna <laughs> I, have. Her I was ask gonna you. say, is it like the power of the One Ring, where it's like it's not an OP thing? I promise you, it's just no, it's not, literally it is. There. But yeah. I just like yeah. that is the thing that like I just was looking through and I realized like a lot of things that you do are explained via a heritage and not this like gameplay mechanic. Yeah, yeah. So there's two answers to this. There is the the pat answer, which is nobody knows because all you know is what's in the letter and it just says power for this deal. Travancore, your history and um, you don't have any proof of this, but your thought is that whatever this deal was made, it didn't involve the, the power is just at the time money, resources, whatever was needed for that ancestor to seize the reign of power and consolidate it, that it isn't necessarily something that then, it was a boon at the time, but all that has been the legacy since then is the madness. So it would be the same as like, you think, anyway, Travancore thinks that it was like, Hey, I need to be king, but I need to raise 10,000 uh, soldiers for an army. And someone came along and said, I'll provide you with 10,000 soldiers and oh, the resources for an oh army. Oh, my goodness. If- the Cuthadar traded his sanity for a political action committee contribution. Kind of. That it's oh, that kind no. of thing. That, oh, that no. <laughs> Angry this letters. Just Here got, we come. This just got way too, like, way too real. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh, it's, no. <laughs> it's it's the realest of real. It, it it was, you know, and so then the way that and so Travancore believes that this ancestor was able to gain whatever power was necessary and by power could be money and resources and soldiers and whatever to take the throne and then through normal monarchy means has kept the throne. That it isn't necessarily supernatural abilities since then. Oh, I didn't know if it was some kind of weird, like, you, like, those weird, I didn't know if it was, like, a fairy tale thing where it's like, yeah, you're going to get the throne and you're going to keep the throne. And as long as you're on the throne, you are being punished for the, you know, like, traditional grim type thing. Travancore, the, the information you have doesn't give that information. And Travancore, you don't believe that that's the case. You, you've never heard of your family having some divine or you know, special mandate. As far as you know, if a bunch of people came to the palace and slaughtered your family, that'd be the end of it. There's no weird magic keeping you guys alive. It's not like Palpatine's battle meditation where he got into power and then used the force to, like, keep control. It's just... I've seen that camera it, obscure it, it, presentation. To, to call back to was. a conversation, he used an, a sorcery versus an enchantment. The letters give zero specifics and Travancore from what you just personally know of your family. There's no weird, you guys are keeping power the same way any monarchy keeps power through respect, discipline, you know, all the normal means. There's no weird, the madness is its own legacy, but there's nothing else as far as you know going on. Is there any way to see for sure whether I'm cured or not? Whether there's any trace of it in me, either through magic or, or other means? You don't know, but 
certainly talking with a a healer and a cleric like one that you have in front of you, she might be able to help. I've got spells. But... <laughs> spells. But you're unsure. Spells for days. I, mean, I got spells. It's one of those. I got cure hangover. <laughs> Get those it's spells. one of those things. As far as you know, Travancore, it's it's not something that has been able to be detectable. It's one of the reasons that you've been able, as a family, to keep it secret is because until it manifests, it's not something that can be... We can't splice your genomes and be like, look, that's the one. But you don't know. Just because no one's been able to do it before doesn't mean someone can't do it now. Hmm. Mom. (laughs) So, as sort of an aside, Travancore's mother is a doctor. Like, not even a cleric, just a straight-up doctor. Like, 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 old school doctor, but like she believes in medicine and stuff, and Travancore has to believe his mother's in on this stuff. Like he's never—they never addressed it, never talked about it. But I don't know if if medicine is advanced enough in, in Perconum enough to be able to detect it either. Like whether it's caught up. I mean, that would be just all kinds of acids and stuff. And I think it's further along than the world is. So, no, but he thinks no. of his mother in this moment. <laughs> I will help you kill your cousin, and unless I really think she's bearing down. With an army on Waterdeep, I'm not going to tell anyone. We can do this quietly. I'm not going to capture her and experiment on her. I have no desire to do that. I I know a few clerics who do, so if you're in the market... <laughs> Jonathan the Magic Muscular kind of gives, like, does the slow, like, look, head turn to yeah, Bernie, like... It's but doesn't look, say anything. <laughs> She looks at him, she goes, there's a network we keep in touch generally. It's like, you gotta, you've been to conferences, you go to wizard school. What do you think, clerics don't get together and discuss? Please. I said, um, no, that's true. All right. Fair, fair play. I, I know a couple of necromancers, so. See? They're, they're weird they fucks. Actually, they actually might. No, no. Super weird more, fucks. This is probably our domain. I don't think you want an undead cousin. Evelyn's the immediate threat. Frankly, yeah. if if they're if we're closing the door if experimenting on her, there is one more heir of the House of Vita left that could be tested. I will submit to whatever tests needed to, to guarantee that this cure worked. So I know, Bernie, you said you wanted to keep it quiet, and we can still do that. But you and I have two different kinds of resources to bring to bear on this and we can be we can work on work out how to be as vague as possible such not to bring up operational security again but not to compromise our operational security um i can check with the with the watchful order you can check with your network and we can see if there's anything we can do to like like you said test or or cure one or the other or both Actually, I've not made my mind up whether or not I want to cure you. I dropped a lot on you. That's more than fair. Power has a price. You have a little magic. I'm, I'm sure you know this. But a great deal of power. You pay a big price for it. I'm sure if you ask Jonathan one day, he'll tell you the price that he feels he pays for his. I know the price I paid for mine. I didn't get to make that choice. I'm not sure that I think your family should be ruling in the first place. I'm not sure they're done paying the price. Trevancore says nothing, in case it wasn't clear. 
Yeah, I pretty much figured he wouldn't be happy with that. I, <laughs> I will help you kill your cousin. I am not going to actively, at this moment, stop you. I imagine that losing control of yourself and who you are is terrifying, the prospect on a personal level. I do not know if I want your family to exist in the world without a check on themselves, given their long history of their ambitions. If we're being frank, neither am I. Well, I guess we need to start planning a murder. As if to (laughs) somehow break the tension, (laughs) Bucks flies over onto Jonathan the Magic Muscular's shoulder, winks at Coco Snoot, and poops on Jonathan the Magic Muscular's shoulder. Coco Snoot winks back. Only the owl sees it. Yeah, I, also yeah. probably Bernie because she knows what's up. <laughs> <laughs> so Jonathan the Magic Muscular is just sitting there, buddy. Did you just shit on me? And I get a flash of like a grotesque caricature of me giving a thumbs up <laughs> in my own head. <laughs> and Bernie and just like, looks over at Travancore and she goes, "Checks and balances." Yep, yep. As you guys, as as Bucks helps break the tension with his shit. And you guys finish up your breakfast, and it sounds like, for, um, unless there was anything else someone wanted to say, you guys are going to head over to the Amethyst Acropolis and, and yes. chat with a few people? We're going to head way. to the So as you guys all get up to go to the Amethyst Acropolis and chat with a few people who might be able to help you, we'll stop there, and next time we'll pick it up as you guys arrive at the Watchful Order of Magus and Protectors. Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, visit us at DungeonDrunks.com for links to all of our social media, pictures and bio of our cast, a full list of credits, and more. We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit Patreon.com slash DungeonDrunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons and extend a special thanks to our artifact and wondrous tier patrons. Thank you, Megan, Lori, aka Calamity Jane, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.